Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone, and you're watching the Super Fantasy Bros Podcast. One hour of commercial-free podcasting starts now. Enjoy the show. Uh, and as a reminder, before we do get started, next Monday, we'll be doing our live draft for the Beat the Super Fantasy Bros Redraft League. So make sure you are back next Monday for sure. But let's get into it. We got a lot of running backs to talk about. So let's do this. Yeah. Similar to last week, let's start with your overall strategy when it comes to running backs. In the first round, how big of a must is it to snag a running back? Lock him up. I don't think I've ever drafted anything but a running back in the first round. Honestly, I don't think I have ever done that. Wow. Unless you have, like, last pick of the first round, you can get away with taking a receiver right before a running back just to be a little cute with it. I yeah. hate the no RB strat. I hate it. I don't get it. I've tried it in a couple mocks. has not worked out in my favor. It I absolutely hate it. It doesn't work. Q, I dare I, you to try it this year. I've, I mean, I've, I've done it, and like I was going to stick to that, but like then I've tried other ways, obviously, and now I'm just like 50-50, not even 50-50, but... I've seen people even do like wide receiver, wide receiver. Like they just went wide receiver crazy to where like their their flex was DK and they had like Diggs and Devontae Adams and their running backs were like uh, Pollard and and uh, like maybe AJ Dillon, maybe someone a little lower than that, which could work because your receivers are just that top heavy. But I don't know. It, I guess it just depends on where you are in the first round. I feel like the best running back I've gotten as my RB1 doing the no RB strat is maybe like Brees Hall or like Gibson. Yeah, you're getting – because you're you're waiting at least until round three at the minimum. And even then, you're not even doing like the zero RB theory. Like those guys usually take it like round five or six. All right, like that's – Just stack wild. up we'll see wide receiver, grab an elite tight end, and then grab your first running back. There were mocks where I was doing wide receiver, wide receiver, and just because I won Herbert, I would take Herbert in the third, and then I would go running back next. That would be like the fourth. And I'd get like maybe Gibson or ETN maybe if I went Gibson – or if I didn't take uh, Herbert. But you just – you have to accept that you're going to get mediocre for your running backs. Yeah. I think it's a big risk, obviously. You're just – Banking on finding the diamond in the rough waiver running back or that the starting running back that you're drafting the handcuff to ends up getting hurt. Or maybe you do grab, grab Kareem Hunt or something and he ends up getting traded. But either way, there's a lot of risk with a zero RB theory because that RB1 is one of the most important positions to have someone consistent and solid, in my opinion. Um, but I'm not afraid to go wide receiver in the first round. I typically go running back for the most part, but when you get to that later half of the first round, wide receivers just end up looking so juicy at that point. Yeah, I do Somehow agree. K it worked out for KRP two years ago when he had two wide receiver, wide receiver, <laughs> and then his running backs were Jonathan Taylor, rookie year, and Antonio Gibson. Gibson. Yep. Yeah, that's that's just the one diamond in the rough, I guess. Yeah, I think if you are going zero RB theory, my goal would be to get young running backs, ones that are being a little bit slept on that still could pop into that because they're just an unknown talent. We don't know if they're going to be a leader or not. We don't know if Brees Hall is going to be an RB one or a bust. So like, <laughs> I'd rather take my risk on someone like that. If I'm going all in on wide receivers, than taking like a safe Clyde Edwards, Alaire. like it's not safe. That's a terrible. Pick, you know what <laughs> I mean? Gross. But either way, running backs for the most part should be your target in the first round, at least for the first few picks. 
what pick do you consider stopping taking running back? Five. Oh, well, yeah. What do you mean? Like in the first round? Like, like yeah, like well, in the first like round. Seven. Like, like, like number one, number two, number three, seven. most likely running backs. I'd say like five because right there, after <laughs> like the top four is gone, Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, it was very juicy. I have it right now as number three. I'm taking a wide receiver. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I hope wouldn't you hate three. you for it. I'm taking Jefferson at that point, but we'll no, talk about Mixon that more on the wide receiver. I mean, Sean's taking Mixon up there. Don't I'm not. I'm taking Jefferson Sean. over him. I've been doing drafts where I'm like, dude, it just feels like a better squad if I take the wide receiver at that point, like the elite wide receiver, because you can get good running backs in that second and third turn if you have an early pick like that. But we'll talk about wide receivers next week. Let's continue with our running back rankings and get into the thick of it here. Start at the top of our running back rankings. Jonathan Taylor seems to be the consensus number one across the board. Do we all have him ranked at number one? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, I think it's obvious. We saw what he did last year with the Colts. Touchdown machine. He's the focal point of that offense. He's going to get the majority of the work. It's going to be a workhorse. And the reason I have him at one again is they may not repeat at number one, but I think he's the safest bet to be a top five running back. Out of anyone in the league right now. I agree. Consensus number two seems to still be Christian McCaffrey. With people saying he should still be number one, where do you guys have him ranked, and how nervous are you about drafting him (laughs) this season? I have him at seven because I'm nothing but nervous of drafting him. I have him at five, and I honestly could move two people above him. I have him at at six. Two? Two. 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 Right, I don't think Eckler's – I, I love Eckler. 20 touchdowns is a lot. I don't think he's going to repeat that. And he – I mean, I'm not going to say anything about injury because this, this guy's all about injury. But when he played last year, the four games that he played, he was like running back one, running back three, three again or two, and then four. So he had top five finishes every game that he played, which is insane. And, like, it's funny. Sometimes we use, like, this guy's on a bad team. Don't draft him running back-wise. But, like – Every year he's been on a bad team and he's just been elite. I don't think the quarterbacks are any upgrades like make him play any worse. I mean, if anything, Baker's better than who he's ever besides Cam is better than any quarterback that he's played with. So obviously there's a big risk. I don't know if I have the the cojones to take him at number two, but he should be the consensus number two. And I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes running back one. As much as I love JT. If you're not confident enough to take him at two, he shouldn't be two. All right, well, give me two, then I'll grow the balls by my birthday. So it'll be my, I'll, right. I'll be, I'll take him at two. Okay. <laughs> I hope so. Me too. Yeah. I hope take I have three. Take the headache away from me. Yeah, two is just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, there's, there's different types of people that draft in fantasy. There's ones that are like, let's swing for the fences. He has the most upside. I'm going for it all in the first round. It doesn't matter. Like if he's, if you could guarantee he's fully healthy, you probably take him at number one consensus, no matter what. But I'm one that stays maybe a little bit more risk averse. Like I'd rather avoid the guy that's been injured like the majority of the last two seasons and take someone that's been healthier and also just been a solid, consistent guy. So that's why I don't have him at two. That's why I put him at six. I just put guys that I feel like are a little bit safer in my book above him. That's the only reason I don't have him that high. Matt Barry said, you can't lose your league in the first round or you can't win your league in the first round, but you can lose it in the first round. I guess if CMC were to get hurt and that's your first pick, then yeah, you definitely would be screwed. And the worst part about CMC is like, there's no clear cut handcuff. 
it's not like you're drafting Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt where Nick Chubb goes down. You'll be just fine at your at that running back position. Chuba or sucks. Maybe like Tony <laughs> Pollard for Zeke, like Chuba and Dante Foreman, and like that backup that backfield's a little bit scary after CMC goes down. Yeah, you don't so. even want any of them. Exactly. So that that scares me even more about it. I just can't do it. Uh, did have Cass to say in the chat, Eckler or DeAndre Swift finishing number one. Oh, I'm taking Eckler. 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 I number one. That's who I have it too. That's who I have it too also. So I like that take. I like both those guys this year. So <clears> let's get into some of our biggest discrepancies. So we're not going to talk about every single running back in this episode or we'd be here until midnight. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go through some of the guys we are further apart on, starting towards the top and working our way down. Derrick Henry is someone we are a little bit split on. He's currently being drafted as RB4. Fifth overall, Matt and T-Gods, you both have him at three. Me and Q have him at five. Why are you guys higher than we are? The king. Because he was RB1 by far before he got hurt last year. We were debating on how many weeks it would take for the next running back to take over the number one spot. I forgot about that. That was crazy. That is ridiculous. He was like 50 or 60 points ahead of number two. And he was well on his way to rush for over 2,000 yards. So, I mean, I'm not ready to dethrone the king just yet. Me neither. The the only downside of Derrick Henry is he's not very involved in the passing game, but his rushing ability makes up for Literally doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah, for Derrick Henry, it really doesn't matter. Q, what were you going to say? What week did Derrick Henry get hurt? Maybe because It was pretty early. It was like week six or seven. Yeah, I think it was six. Hold on. I'm I'm going to – It was actually week – Eight, it looks like, is when he got injured. All right. And he was how, – how many – do you know how many points he was actually up over number two? I don't know how many Not he was exactly. up over number two, but I know he it was, was a up. lot. It was a, it was a good amount. I mean, he had a game of 49 in week two, 25 in week four, 31 in week five, and 37 in week six. Monster. So they were just using him a ton. The only reason I have him a little <clears> bit lower this year is obviously I'm baking in the risk coming off a major foot injury. Still having to recover from that. I think he, that offense has taken a step back a little bit as well. And he's 28. It's a little bit older. Coming off a major injury always makes me a little bit nervous. He was 40 points ahead of RB2 at week eight. Yeah, so that's at least probably two games. Well, I'm just looking at – so I'm looking at the next person would be uh, Jonathan Taylor. And you said week eight. I'm not going to do all that. <laughs> Weeks one to and- eight, he was – he had 193, and Eckler had 153. Wow. Well, okay. So, I, okay. so he wasn't even number two. I was going to say, because three weeks later, that's when Jonathan Taylor had 50 points. So he probably caught up right there. Jonathan Taylor yeah. was only one point below Eckler, so don't don't get too upset, yeah. Q. I mean, I, yeah. but the, he still took over. It didn't take that long. Yeah. I think we're splitting hairs here. I think we're all in agreement. Derek Henry should still be taken as a top a five beast. running back this year. Um, I'm just baking in a little bit more of the risk with a couple of guys I have over him a little bit higher. We'll talk about one right now. Next guy on the list, Joe Mixon. He's currently going RB7, 10th overall. I have him at three. QT gods, Matt. QT gods, I'm at six. Matt has him at seven. So why do you guys hate my guy? No, why do you have him at three? It, that's... <laughs> it's not that we hate. I have him where he's being drafted. Right. You just love him. Why do you love him? 
is what I, I sh- we should be asking you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason not to love him after last season. I think he was unbelievable. Obviously, we saw obviously some injuries may have helped him get to RB4, but I still think he was putting up a solid top five season across the board. He ended up getting almost 350 touches, 42 catches, 40 plus catches out of the backfield and had 16 touchdowns. And on this team that has got has not gotten any worse, the only thing that's changed for the Bengals is a better O-line. Why would Mixon slow down at all this season? His backup running back is now like 99 instead of 98 years old. He's Who's pretty that? much uh, Samaj P. Ryan. Like uh, Chris Evans. And they have Chris Evans, but he's still listed as RB3 on the depth chart. He has not passed P. Ryan in practice yet. It's Mixon's backfield on probably a top five offense in the league and one of the best passing offenses in the league. So there's plenty of room to run. He's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Anytime they get in close, they're just going to hand it off and let him punch it in. He's going to put up big numbers again this year. I'm all in again for last year. I think one spot improvement isn't that crazy. Yeah, I I wrote down that maybe I'd move him up. But now that I'm looking at it, I don't think I'd move up in front of him. I am making a slow trip towards the Mixon train. But I'm just, I have not reached the steps yet. Maybe if someone wasn't on this podcast, we would feel more open to say we like him. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you guys all do like him. I mean... Matt's taking him at ADP. You and T guys, you both have him above where he's currently being drafted. Yeah. Um, I have him at three. Obviously, it's a little bit higher than consensus, but consensus biased, is never right. But... So <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. A little bit of bias as well. <laughs> Love me some Joe Mixon. Um, let's continue the bias train with the next guy here on the list, Javante Williams. He's currently going as running back 12, 20th overall. I have him at 10. Q has him at 12, right where he's being drafted. Matt, a little lower at 13. And T-God's all the way down at 16. Yeah. So I'll start with Q and Matt. What do you guys think about Javante Williams this year before me and T-God's get into the thick of it? I mean, now that you're asking me today, I'd say I maybe I'd move him up uh, one spot, but okay. just because Melvin Gordon is like uh, going through some foot shit right now. So I like my, my case is that I think Melvin's going to be just as involved uh, as he was last year, but now that he's dealing with an injury, that's something he's going to be dealing with all season. Obviously, Javante will be as good as we thought he was after last season. But they did bring Russ over, and they didn't they didn't bring him over just to hand the ball off. They're going to let Russ cook, and I don't know how much that usually involves handing the ball off. So I think it's going to be a year for the wide receivers on that team. Well, I mean, there's been plenty of years where there's been a top 10 running back on the Seahawks with Russ at quarterback. He wasn't cooking, though. They weren't letting him cook those years. He was still cooking. He's but always been cooking. sizzling, grilling. The main reason I have Javante where I have him is like you said, I still think Melvin Gordon's going to be involved. They came out, said it's going to be like right around a 70 30 split. But if he is dealing with this injury starting the season, I do see Javante finishing a bit better than that. I like Javante a lot this year, but always having that guy that could vulture touchdowns here or there, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Definitely. I'll go next just to defend him a little bit because I'm going to talk about him more later in this episode. Spoiler of alert. Of course I am. Spoiled it. Oh, we could all smell it. Um, either way, <laughs> I have him at 10. I just have him a little bit higher than consensus. I just believe in the talent here. And I think at, last year they were going 50-50 split. There's been rumors it's going to go 70-30 this year. I think it's the Javante season. I think he's going to be the number one and Melf's going to be the number two instead of 1A and 1B last season. So 
if he gets that little bit more work, I think he could easily be a top 10 running back this year. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Sure. I guess I'll go last because I'm the lowest. Um, so, like, maybe, maybe I'm a little sleep on him. Maybe Sean will sway me later. I don't know. But it's it just comes down to people that I like more. Like, like I like James Conner more. He crazy, crazy amount of touchdowns. I like Alvin Kamara more. He's just big in the receiving game, and there's not many people on that team. So, like, hopefully it's the Kamara show. Like, Zeke. I like Zeke over him. I like Saquon has much more upside. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, dog. Like, Aaron there's Jones just people that I like more. So, it, nothing against Javante. I, maybe I'll maybe I'll move him up after Sean tells me about him. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about him a little bit more later this episode. What's he going to tell you that he hasn't already said in the last five episodes? Let's I find got, out, I got man. a little something cooked up. Maybe I'm feeling good today. <laughs> I, I like it. Vulnerable. So yeah. you guys just mentioned a couple of the next guys we have on the list. Saquon, T-Gods, you are the highest out of all of us at 12. Q, right behind him at 13. I'm next at 14. And then Matt, bringing up the rear for the guy he drafted last year at number four. Tell oh. TJ to chill out back there. At 15. Yeah, TJ's going to town over there. <laughs> um, Matt, you want to start off why you hate Saquon after drafting him last year? Top five. Oh, man. Took this guy number four overall last year. Just there was two, three weeks in a row. He just kept getting better and better. I was like, Saquon is finally getting back into shape. <laughs> and then this freak injury happens where he didn't even have the ball. He was just running, hurt his foot. I don't know. I guess I just have PTSD from that. So I do like Saquon a lot this year. I guess I'm just hating a little bit. He might move up in my ranks. We'll see. But he just... I don't know, man. He did me so dirty last year. It's hard for me to trust him again. I'm in the same boat. I think I have PTSD with Saquon too. Um, I think I drafted him twice in the same league and both years is when he got injured. And I was like, yo, I just, I think I'm cursed for drafting Saquon. I just Such can't a have my team. I do have him at 14. So he's like right where he's being drafted, but the upside is high. So imagine, Q. imagine having the backfield of Christian McCaffrey and Barkley. So much Ceiling, the ceiling is the ceiling is the roof, but <laughs> the roof that's is the ceiling. so scary. Yeah, but we've seen him RB one, uh, finish RB one, and uh, I think I saw the last in mean, the five games he played last season with Daniel Jones, he averaged sixteen point two points, which sounds like a lot, but I guess it was those two games where like he was back. Yeah, he um, was back when he won him that game in overtime, bro. I was like Saquon is so back. I remember you saying that. Sorry. I think he's back, but it, it's, it's right. scary. I think he's back too. I'd like, I don't know. It's just really, it's just upside. That's all. Like, I have him at 12 because, like you said, we've seen him finish at one. And like, mm-hmm. injuries, yes, they suck, but like, you just got to hope and pray. Yeah. He went the Giants Pence. were very dysfunctional last year. So, could easily turn it around this year, at least a little bit from the Mike Glennon games last year. Uh, <laughs> Their O line got better too. Uh, they usually have shitty lines, but he went to Penn State and he's a giant. That's like the worst combo, and and somehow I like him. <laughs> most most likable Penn State guy outside of Booby, I guess. Booby. All right, Zeke is next on the list. Matt, you are loving some Zeke this year, all the way at twelve as a low end RB one. You guys, I right honestly, behind him. could move him up. I was just gonna well, say that, like when it was my turn, like 
easily I could move him up. I don't understand why people are hating on him so much this year. In I don't six seasons in the league, he has five top ten finishes. I know. Three of them in the top five, <laughs> Bro, and the just, other one outside the top ten was thirteen. I I don't understand it at all. I don't and know what the evidence even is. Even last year with all the Pollard hype, he finished seven and he was playing through like a knee injury, like damn near half the season. People are just sniffing the, the Pollard to take over at some point this year. He got smoked today at practice. Ezekiel Pollard. did. I don't know if you saw the oh, video. Zeke did. Yeah, yeah, Zeke you. got destroyed by Bradley Chubb. <laughs> are they yeah. tackling each other? Bradley Chubb. Bradley it, Chubb. He gave him a nice shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Um, I'm the lowest on Zeke. I have him actually where he's currently being drafted, so I'm not necessarily low on him, but I do have him at 15. There's just, like T-God said for the last one, there's just a couple of guys I'm a little bit more confident in their upside. I think Zeke is going to be good this year, um, but I have Saquon over him. I have Aaron Jones over him. I have guys that have been reliable as well, and I think Zeke's upside is closer to like seven, eight, nine this year, where I could see Aaron Jones, maybe Saquon as well, having almost top five upside, so... That might be the reason I'm a little bit lower on Zeke, but Zeke, where he's currently being drafted, should be scooped up every single time. At the beginning yeah. of the third round, if Zeke is sitting there, he's someone you have to target. Gobbling him. No they might run him to the ground in his last year, so he's not valuable next year. <laughs> if we can't have him, no one can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next running back, David Montgomery. He's going 17th overall for running backs, 33rd overall. As a whole, I have him at 13 all the way up 13. Q has him at 15, so he's above ADP as well. Matt and T-God's right where he's currently being drafted at 17. So I guess I'll start. I'd love me some David Montgomery this year. Um, he's another one I am going to touch on a little bit later. But essentially... Pause. Okay. Essentially, <laughs> David Montgomery has been extremely talented when he's on the field, and the Bears offense is severely lacking a wide receiver more than it was last season. It got worse. Last season, they did have Allen Robinson, even though he was basically a, a traffic cone out there. They weren't really using He really him. was. Like, he needed to be used. Um, but now, even without him, this wide receiver core is dwindling, and there's injuries left and right. Nikhil Harry, who they just traded for, is already getting hurt. Byron Pringle's been banged up. So, this wide receiver core is ugly. They're going to need to rely on David Montgomery a lot. So, I think he's being a little bit slept on in my eyes. I don't know. This team is just so so bad. Sorry. Someone... It's just You're so right. bad. If Justin Fields goes down, their backup's Trevor Simeon, and I don't think like that team is just dog shit. They they might finish with the worst of it, uh, worst record in the in the league. But um Khalil Herbert, I, I think I saw that he's gonna have play a factor this season too. I think they like him, especially when David Montgomery's out, who who's usually out. Not usually out, but he has a game or two where he's out of season. So Khalil Herbert, I think he'll have play a factor. I do like him though. I think coming the last year, he was slept on. I mean, I think he finished. When was it? When he finished running back four. Was that this was past season? That ago. was two okay. seasons ago. He was running back four, and then last season, I think he missed a couple of games yeah. and, and still he ended up like finishing 17. top twenty. He was but nineteen. Yeah, he, he missed four uh, and like half games okay. last year. He's good. I just this team is so bad, and I mean, you still got Justin Fields too, who's a running quarterback. He might not even be able. to the chance to give him the ball so it's running himself i might be moving him i want to move him down but like it's we're in the area now where it's like it, all these running backs are just the same the yeah. dead zone yeah i'll defend dave montgomery a little bit more later but let's keep it rolling cam acres hugh and t gods 
You guys are on the Cam Akers train. Uh, actually, you guys are taking him right around where he's being drafted. It's Q's at 17, a little bit above where he's being drafted at 18. And T-God's right where he's being drafted at 18. Matt, you're lower with me. You're 20. I'm all the way at 22. Um, I'm on the Cam Akers hate train. Not necessarily hate. Five spots yeah, where he's being drafted. But I'm just not in love with the upside that everyone's been seeing as like he could still be an RB1 like he's had injury issues since he's gotten into the league and he's in a 50-50 timeshare with another extremely talented running back um Daryl Henderson they like Henderson a lot it's not just going to be the Cam Akers show where he just takes over I think this offense is high powered where they both could be relevant this year but taking him all the way up at 18 when there's guys sitting there like um J.K. Dobbins Josh Jacobs Gibson like Akers is a little bit below them for me this year in terms of like what I can see him finishing as. I mean, in that playoff game with against the Bucks last year, he played 81% of the snaps. So maybe they're leaning towards a uh, one running back uh, team. And he did come back from that ACL injury, which is insane in the same, same season. Um, but I guess the one like story you can try and ride on for K makers to get used a lot more would be Matt Stafford's elbow, but I wouldn't really. <laughs> buy into too much of that um i might also he's another guy that i consider moving down mainly because i have alan kamara ahead of him and it sounds like he's going to play so cam Akers might still be in the top 20 but maybe a spot or two lower than where i currently have yeah i don't i got nothing special to say it's just the team that he's on it's literally all it comes down to like opportunity that offense is Rams could be yeah yeah, the defense is good they could be up a lot in games and they could just run the ball in the second half all right, next one, J.K. Dobbins. Put this one on here, too, just because I am very high on him. Uh, I have him at You're 17. Q, you have him at 22, right up, right above where he's being drafted at RB23. T-Gods, you have him again, right where he's being drafted. And Matt, below at 25. I guess I'll start here again. Got to let me see <clears> J.K. Dobbins this year. I'm just a believer in the talent, and I'm a believer that the Ravens have zero pass weapons. So this is going to be 100% run-first team. Obviously, Lamar is going to do probably half of that running. Uh-huh. But when it's not Lamar, we're going to see J.K. Dobbins eating up all of that work. And or Gus. Like, like we mentioned, the last time Lamar was on that MVP level season, Mark Ingram had an unreal season. So J.K. Dobbins picks up some of that role right there. Like, And Gus Edwards, as Q just mentioned, may not be ready for week one where J.K. Dobbins has been cleared. Give me some J.K. Dobbins this year to take over a couple years ago when he was coming in as a rookie the hype was through the roof now that he's been a little bit banged up people are forgetting about him his talent is unreal if he's fully healthy starting the season he's going to put up numbers buck yeah. allen was better stop <laughs> maybe <laughs> justin forsett buck allen matt any reason you hate jk dobbins i don't just the injury jk dobbins injury <laughs> history always especially with running backs i mean every time they get the ball they're getting hit basically but injury history not too big of a fan of and like you mentioned even though Mark Ingram had a great season when Lamar was running all over the place I do think Lamar is going to do a lot of the running and you said zero pass weapons I guess you forgot about Mark Mark Andrews and Rashad (laughs) Bateman so I still do think this team is capable of throwing the ball with Lamar but they definitely are going to rely heavily on the run I'm just I don't know. I feel like they may not try to rush JK into like that bell cow role right off the bat. So all those things combined, I just have him a little bit lower than his ADP. Nothing crazy. 
respect it. All right, Q. Me, T-Gods, and Matt for this next one are all pretty much in the exact same area, right around where he's being drafted at RB32. So why do you have Rashad Penny all the way up at 27? Well, first of all, when did they drop, draft Kenneth Walker? Was it in the, like the second round? Yes, second round. Second so, running back off the board. They're not going to bring in the second round running back to take over Penny. His The last three games of the season, the last four or five games, or three or five games in that, the last end of the season, he scored 25 or more points. I don't know. If, I guess Russ was playing. It doesn't really matter. The fact is the quarterback isn't any better. It's a lot worse, actually. And uh, Penny seems to be very skilled. Obviously, that's his best season that he's had probably ever in the NFL. But uh, I just think that that, that good uh, rhythm is going to come into the next season. I, I don't know. There's not much to go off of besides those last couple of games where he probably he could have won you the fantasy championship because he was at, like an RB1. Um, Definitely. But, I just I'm not buying into all the Kenneth Walker hype. They still they kept Benny and Chris Carson's gone, so that only helps his case. Um, God rest his soul. He's not dead, but <laughs> just as useful. T guys, I don't know what happened to your mic, but it seems like a cutout. We're good. All right, we're good. Go. Yeah, yeah, I had to mute it. Um, I just wanted to chime in and say that I loved Chris Carson so much, <laughs> so much. He was- he was a very fun running back. He was like the, the best most almost RB1. RB2 ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best almost RB1. Yep. Um, I'll go right into my Kenneth Walker, why I have him at 30 above his ADP of RB36. I do like Rashad Penny. I do I do believe last year was insane what he was able to do. But Rashad Penny's been in the league for four seasons and he's only played more than 10 games once. And that's being a second and third string running back in those four seasons. So he's barely been able to get on the field. And when he has been able to get on the field, he hasn't done much with it aside from last season. And I don't know how much stock I can put in a five game stretch of Rashad Penny, putting up some crazy numbers while the Seahawks are out of the playoff race. Um, I think they're going to want to get Kenneth Walker, the ball a little bit more. And I think coming in to the season, like Rashad Penny's injury history of, all players is one that's scary. I think he's already dealing with a groin injury and he's not playing in the preseason opener. Um, so give me Ken Walker. I just want to, I'm just a little bit more nervous about Penny. I think if you could ideally try and grab both and just lock up the Seahawks running back, because I think one of these guys is going to finish as a, that sounds like a headache. running back. That does that sound like a headache. Between those two. Well, I think one of them is probably going to end up getting injured, unfortunately, but we'll see. Hopefully they're both healthy and play the season all the way out. All right, let's move on to our favorite RB2 targets, flex targets, and late round running back targets. Let's all do one at a time, and then we'll go through. So Q, start us off. Who is your RB2 target for this season, your favorite RB2 target? Clearly, I have a theme of risk here, but um, I mentioned how much I like Saquon before. I I might move him closer to the top 10. I I forget where I had 13, but... Um, you could take him and he could finish the top 10 and he, or he could also get it hurt. Hopefully no, this season's the healthiest <laughs> for all players. I already mentioned that earlier, but, uh, I think he's the most skilled player on this team and Daniel Jones may not be, may, may not be that good of a quarterback, but you know, he can get Saquon who will take it to the house. Any play with those quads, the original quadzilla. Um, but yeah, Saquon great RB two, almost great RB one. Definitely has the upside to push in there. T-Gods? I do like it. RB2 target. What do you RB2, like? RB2. I talk about him all the time. Josh Jacobs. I He's he's being drafted as the RB20, 
and like it still baffles me. Like everybody still sleeps on him. Like last year he finished as RB twelve, and he was only three points behind RB ten. Three more fantasy points, he's in top ten. And then two years ago he finished as RB eight. And like you might say, like no receptions, like it, like his ceiling's only so high. But like the year that he finished RB eight, he only had thirty three receptions. Like it doesn't matter. He he was top twelve two years in a row with zero receiving touchdowns. He's never had one in his whole career. Never had That's one. That's crazy. But he's still cracked. He's still good. He's still putting up <laughs> RB1 numbers. Like, the, And Devontae Adams, Like I think I think that helps him. I think mm-hmm. like, defenses are going to focus on him, obviously. So, like, like, Josh Jacobs, I think, is, like, could easily make it in the top 10. Like, I don't think, I think people are sleeping on him. I think he's going to, like, maybe not, like, win leagues, but, like, He's gonna he's gonna get you somewhere. It was yeah. weird seeing him in the play in the preseason game. It was nice yeah. to see him. Mm-hmm. It I, was definitely nice. I have a weird feeling that the Raiders did that so other teams could get a look at him since they were shocking him. Yeah, they did try to retract that. I think their head coach Josh McDaniels came out and was like, "We're not actually shopping Josh Jacobs." Like, shut up. I don't know if they're Man. downplaying it. They Keep are. an eye on him if you are doing your draft soon. Just NFL be aware that business he could be traded. Um. But if he's in Las Vegas, I agree. He's a great RB2 target. Matt forgot that you also were taking Saquon as your RB2 target. So I guess you could follow up on what Q said. Yeah, Q already basically mentioned everything I wanted to say. Uh, Getting Saquon as your RB2 and having that high-end RB1 upside, like we mentioned earlier, finished number one in his career. Uh, You just got to hope that he stays healthy. Uh, If he is healthy, Daniel Jones isn't going to be – like slinging the ball downfield all that much. So the offense is still going to run through Saquon. They don't really have the greatest receiving core. So Saquon is going to be the workhorse, nobody behind him. He's not in a competition for touches, and the ability to finish as an RB1 is better than I think anybody else in that RB2 category. Yeah, I think Saquon definitely has a lot of upside. I will go next with David Montgomery. Said y'all talk about him later. Here we go. He's going RB17 right now. Before getting injured last season in his first four games, he was RB11. So he was an RB1 at that point in time. Came back weeks to nine and played all the way through week 18. And through that period, he was also RB8. So on average, he was a top 10 running back last season when he was healthy. And in his last full season, he was running back four, top five running back. Dave Montgomery's continued to prove that he's at least a high-end running back two with running back one upside when he is on the field. Uh, and I think his ADP just gets pushed down because the Bears are such a bad team. But uh-huh. he's been on a terrible team no matter what for the last couple of years and still put up numbers. So the volume is there for Dave Montgomery. I know Khalil Herbert might get a little bit of it this year. And I know they may have a new coach that might try to change things up a little bit. But at the end of the day, Dave Montgomery is probably the top weapon on this team, on this offense, and they're going to need to get him the ball if they want to win any games this year. Give me Dave Montgomery at his ADP as an RB2 all (laughs) day long. All right, Q, let's move on to flexes. What do you got? I just got done loving him. Uh, Rashad Penny, um, all I got to say is if he can uh, continue from what he did the last five weeks of the season being probably the best running back in fantasy – they're, they might run him to the wheels fall off because they may just try to bring in Kenneth Walker a little earlier. So I guess if they just, uh, if he can 
they're going to be forcing the ball to him. I mean, they not force the ball to him, but he just might be the uh, he's going to be the main running back on this team until I guess he decides to fall off, which could hopefully comes later in the season. But if he can be like a, uh, I don't know, I'll have to find some type of comparison to him. But Kenneth Rashad Penny, great late round flex. I do think on a if team, he is healthy, he can put up numbers. On a team that's trying to find any offense, because I doubt they want to rely on Drew Locke. We're Geno Smith. Yeah, even uh, worse. Yikes. Yeah. All right, T-Gods, flex, who we got? My flexy running back is Kareem Hunt. Um, If I'm going to flex a running back, I'm going to look for one that has receiving upside. And Kareem Hunt like, is that guy. He's being drafted as RB31. I think people are sleeping on him, but he does tend to get injured. So that's probably a factor at why he's ranked so low. But like last year he played eight games and through those eight games he averaged thirteen point eight fantasy points. Like that that's pretty solid, especially as a flex. Rock like solid. rock solid. And two seasons ago he finished as the RB ten. Chubb only played twelve games that season, but still they both finished right next to each other at eleven and twelve. Like they can like they can play together and still both be like startable. They're both very good. I've always said that the running backs carry that team. And like everybody knows that you guys agree. Like the running backs yeah. are that team. Like draft them. Literally steal him. Draft him. Yes. Draft Kareem Hunt. Uh, as a Kareem Hunt owner that year, Kareem was actually even better when Chubb was there. So he was putting up better numbers in 2020 when they were both on the field. So give me Kareem all day. Mm-hmm. Love Kareem as a flex. Matt, who is your favorite flex running back target? This man does not nearly get enough love as he should, and that is Damian Harris. He is on possibly the worst team that you could be a running back on, (laughs) but there was a rumor going around that he is on the market. So if he gets traded, he could easily be a starting running back elsewhere on a contender, get the work that he deserves. When the Patriots get this man the ball, he puts up points. He rarely ever plays over 50% of the snap share, which is absolutely ridiculous. Finished RB14 last year with not much receiving upside. Um, All this Ramondre Stevenson hype, I mean, that's all in well, but Damian Harris is the running back to own in this offense, and I believe that 100%. And I do hope he gets traded because he deserves a lot better than that carousel of a backfield. I agree with everything you just said. I want to know where you want him to go, though. Where I want him to go? Yeah. What team? There's a lot of teams out there. What if he went to the Eagles? I don't think that would be much better because they stayed a running quarterback. Send him to the Falcons. Okay. All right. All right. I'm a Falcons fan. (laughs) I wasn't expecting I always forget about that team. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, how could you do that to my guy, Cordero? (laughs) That's funny. All right. (laughs) Uh, I will wrap up the flex here. I am taking AJ Dillon as my flex. He's currently going as RB26, which makes him fall in the flex category. Um, Running backs are truly not ideal for flex candidates uh, because they're a pretty shallow position, so it's tough to have that deep of a running back core. But where AJ Dillon's going, if you can get him as your RB3 or RB4, he's a very rock-solid flex. Um, as the season wore on last year in weeks nine through 18, he was averaging 15.8 touches per game and he was running back 12 during that time span. So 
AJ Dillon was a low end RB one last year in the second half of the season. Defenses are getting tired. This man is built like a truck. <laughs> so he's like, you're, you don't want to tackle AJ Dillon in November at Lambeau field. Like you're just going to let him run you over or run past you. So he's going to put up numbers. Um, he's going to see a lot of that early down work again this season. Obviously Aaron Jones is there and he's going to take a lot of the pass pass game away from him. But if AJ Dillon's getting 15 touches a game, like I said, he could still be just as good as Aaron Jones in this offense. And with the lack of wide receiver options there, you're probably going to have to rely a little bit more on the run game this year too. So AJ Dillon, very solid flex. I agree. I kept him in my keeper league. Good. Keep. I have faith. I yeah. have faith. F you. All right, Q. <laughs> Late round target. Who are you taking? We just talked about him. That's why I said it was funny, but I'm going to go with the uh, ninth year breakout, Cordero per- Patterson, who Ooh. for 14 weeks was running back seven. I think coming back to Atlanta is probably his best situation because he probably would have uh, died off if he went to some other team or maybe wasn't even signed by another team. But they don't have Calvin Ridley. They don't have Russell Gage. Um, they just have a rookie uh, wide receiver and uh, – who else do they have? Brian Pitts. Edwards, who's already been How can there. I forget Pitts? But um, the only stat that I can use that maybe would gain him some relevancy outside of – like I think the beginning of the season, he'll be relevant because they only have a rookie running back. So I don't think that he will be used as much. But at the same time, Patterson could be used as a wide receiver, so it's sort of a cheat code. Um, and Mariota's last season with the Titans, uh, running backs averaged 8.2 targets per game. So having a running back that's also half receiver basically – uh, I think that he will still be extremely involved and you could possibly have a running back slash wide receiver in your flex or RB2 area. I don't know if you put him at RB2, but. Yeah, where he's going, like it's definitely worth the risk of taking Patterson. Even if he falls off, it's worth taking him where he's being drafted. Do you got late round target? Who you got? My late round target. Now this one is a little weird. I like it. I like it. It's Alexander Madison. And that's because if Dalvin Cook goes down, you are getting an RB1. You just are. Yep. He, he's, like, ridiculously good. I don't understand why he's still on that team. Like, he could be making so much money somewhere. He, <laughs> he started four, ga- four games last year. He started week three. He had 26 rushes for 112 yards, six receptions for 59 yards. Week five, 25 rushes, 113 yards. Seven receptions, 40 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Week 12, 22 rushes, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Three receptions for 34 yards. And in week 16, he was coming off an injury, and it was versus the Rams, but he still had 13 rushes, 41 rushing yards, and a touchdown. And three receptions for 29 yards. So like he's touching the ball all the time. Even with like Jay Jeff and Thielen, because Thielen's so good, Matt. Um <laughs> So, all like, right. even with all these the people, slander is getting out of hand. He's still, <laughs> it, it might be Alexander Madison is still getting so many touches. He's still scoring touchdowns. Like, he he's a very good player, and I think he's worth having on your team. For sure. I like it. I like Sean, it a lot. Just to keep it in the theme with the Vikings, because slander, slander also, slander the Vikings players. I saw something that said if the Vikings had every Last two minutes removed from every game last season, they'd be 15 and two. So Kirk is a great quarterback. They just had a terrible sucks. They had a terrible coach and a bad defense. So they'd be he can't close out the games either. He's mid. (laughs) (laughs) They got rid of the coach. They lost because of him too, throwing picks and whatnot. 15 and two, Kirk. That would be, and they're about to win the division this year. They might win the division this year for sure. There's definitely a shot. 
I like the Vikings this year in terms of that, at least. Matt, late round target, who you got? Late round target, my boy, James Robinson. Do not forget James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Just because he's coming <laughs> off this Achilles injury, all this Travis, Travis Etienne hype, I get it. Travis Etienne was hurt last year. We didn't get to see him, but he is supposed to be a great player. But when James Robinson comes back and he is fully healthy, there is no way in hell that the Jaguars just completely forget about him. I think at least J-Rob and Etienne end up splitting work. I could see James Robinson becoming the early down back. They use Etienne maybe for like passing downs or whatever, and they kind of split work. But even then, James Robinson is one of the best pure rushers in the league, in my opinion. Um, he's just a little bowling ball. And I, <laughs> he really is. I was watching his highlights the other day. I was like, yo, this man is a menace. And uh, he is good. Yeah. When he comes back and he's fully healthy, he is going to be involved in this offense, no doubt. And he will be able to put up numbers. And if you're able to get him late in your drafts as a steal because people are worried about injuries and his involvement, absolutely snag him up. Snag him up. I will wrap up the late round targets. Daryl Henderson Jr. is currently going RB42. And Henderson has essentially become an afterthought with Cam Akers now back in the front seat, I guess, of this backfield. But why are we all jumping ship on Henderson? This man in 10 games last year averaged 15.7 fantasy points per game. He was a true RB1 for the first half of the season. He may have some injury issues, uh, but Cam Akers has probably just as many injury issues. And it seems like they're splitting reps 50-50 right now. Um, I know Q mentioned earlier the playoffs where Cam Akers played 80% of the snaps. But Daryl Henderson was still coming off of his, an injury at that time as well. I think that was one of his first games back. Um, he will still be a part of this high-powered and efficient offense. And I think he's the better pass catcher of the two as well. Cam Akers may get the running work, but Matt Stafford's going to dump it off to somebody, and it's going to be Daryl Henderson seen even Theo Riddick back in the day <laughs> be a top 30 running back in a Matt Stafford led offense. So give me Daryl Henderson Jr. all day at RB 42. Cam Akers goes down. Obviously he has tremendous upside. We saw it last year. Um, but even with him there, I think he has his own value right now. Daryl Henderson's being drafted after two defenses and a kicker. Put oh. some respect on my man. Grab him late in drafts before you pick that defense. It won't be worth it. Trust me. How is Amir Abdul still in the league, but not Theo Riddick? Theo Riddick's head looked like a light bulb. (laughs) God. No need to roast my guy. All right. Let's do some bold takes before we do some trivia. Uh, It's been a little long here. Q, start us off. Bold take. What do you got? Skip me. I I honestly did not read this part. All right. Oh, my God. Back to the bold take later. I got you. Matt. Sean's boy. DeAndre Swift. Finishes a top five running back this year. Before he got hurt last year, I'm pretty sure he was already in the top five. Um, uh, don't be afraid that the Lions got a couple new pass catchers. Amon were broke out. They now have uh, DJ Chark and I forget who else they added. Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams, that's right. But this offense is going to run through DeAndre Swift. Jared Goff isn't the greatest passing quarterback. He's going to be looking for a safety blanket. And that's most likely going to be DeAndre Swift, if not TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Swift is one of the better pass catching backs out of the backfield, PPR animal. And we saw last year, early in the season, he could easily take a little dump off 50 yards to the house. So I, as long as he stays healthy, 
I like his involvement. Volume's going to be there. No shame to Jamal Williams. Also love him too. But this is DeAndre Swift's backfield, and he is going to take it and run with it. Love it, love it, love it. T-Gods, what do we got? So my bold take is that Aaron Jones, who's currently being drafted as the RB12, finishes as a top five running back. Spicy. Is it spicy, though? I think because of A.J. Dillon. Hasn't he finished top five? He could easily finish top five. I'm sure he has. I haven't checked. But, yeah. But, like, we talked about last week how the Packers offense, like, their weapons is a little bit, like, not a little bit, like, very, very mid. Uh, They're not very good. So, I think if this team wants to have any success, they're going to have to go through the running backs. And, yeah, like, I'm sure A.J. Dillon does outrush Aaron Jones again because he did it last year. He's probably going to do it again. But I think Aaron Jones is going to be more of like a like Austin Eckler this year. Like I think he's going to see a lot of receiving work. Like last year, he had 52 receptions with six receiving touchdowns. And between MVS leaving and Devontae leaving, it's 224 targets just out there for anybody, for anybody to pick up. And I think Aaron Jones could easily see like 50 of those. Like I do think he's going to be catching a lot of passes. I think he's going to be pushing like 70 receptions, maybe more. And I think those receiving touchdowns, those six that he had last year, I think that could easily go up too. Like PPR, I should say. Like all of this is for PPR. Like I do think he'll be top five in PPR. Maybe not. Maybe not in standard, but like he's he's going to be seeing a lot of receiving work this year. I truly believe that. So that's why top five PPR, and you're driving at twelve. Even if he's not top five, like top like six, seven. That's yeah. still like yeah. like if he's still he's there. Still- as the RB12, like, give me him. Scoop. Scoop. And if you're still playing in the standard league, please grow up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least half PPR. That's, yeah, uh, that's still bad. Nah, half PPR is all right. It's, you value the I'm, wrong I'm things. PPR give me guy, a full but, point. Yeah, you catch. value the wrong things. I understand some people like the, uh, he caught the ball and went backwards three yards. Why does he get a full point? Or give whatever, me two but, point PPR. It's point seven. Well, point seven, <laughs> yeah. If you are playing decimals, you're right. Yeah, grow all up. Right. Decimals and PPR. I like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, my bold take last year, I predicted Joe Mixon to finish top five on our running back episode, and he finished number four. So let's try and replicate that, uh, but obviously not going to do Joe Mixon again. Um, we already know I'm a big fan. Give me Javante Williams squeaking into the top five running backs this season. You told me Aaron Jones was spicy. This I, is I know spicy. This is spicy. Russell Wilson at quarterback, Melvin Gordon already dealing with a foot injury and an overall better offense this season. Javante's upside is huge, and I think he's going to have a big year. And as we mentioned a little bit earlier as well, we've seen running backs thrive with Russell Wilson at the helm, and I think Javante will do just that. I think this whole offense is just going to be upgraded, and the focal point is going to be the passing game. When you have Russell Wilson back there tossing 50-yard bombs to uh, – I almost said KJ Hamler, uh, Cortland <laughs> Sutton and Jerry Judy, and then maybe KJ Hamler on top. Um, that's going to be the main focal point. Give me Javante Williams coming out of the backfield. He's also a very good pass catcher. And Russell Wilson is not afraid to dump it off to running backs. We've seen that in the past as well. So Javante Williams, top five, spicy take, but I like him this year a lot. So give me it. All right. Q, did you have one or we want to go to? Yeah, I, I can structure one together. I think that. Leonard Fournette. Oh, fuck. I'm going against my what my team is with Matt. Finishes outside the top 10. Come on. They just lost two of their centers. 
and uh mike evans is uh he's gonna be one of his main targets See, this is me just throwing it together I, um, <laughs> they, and they did draft a rookie running back who Shot apparently boy, baby. yes who <laughs> apparently could could have some sort of uh role in this offense they also brought in julio of course who may be a top 25 wide receiver oh my god stop now the takes are coming hot <laughs> it's all right at least we kept Fournette in the eighth round so yeah um maybe we'll finish outside the top 10 for everyone else matt and i may finish top five <laughs> i don't know how that scoring would work but um Fournette we get some I wasn't too high on him until I invested in him so I guess that's how fantasy works <laughs> <laughs> all right we shall see all right let's do some trivia before we get out of here uh if you guys have any running back questions in the chat or any questions at all obviously feel free to drop them uh we will answer them after but Q trivia let's go what do we got we're gonna start off a little simple here all right are you all ready Matt you ready I was born ready bro so last year, who led running backs in receptions? Who led I running backs? Like this in... is such a hard question. I feel like this should be and easy. This is so maybe. easy. Maybe like, just for fun, tell me. Already maybe just for fun, tell me how many receptions. I know how many receptions a specific running back had, but I don't know if that was the most. Chat, play along. I deep. I see you're here. Um, I have both answers. I completely guessed on how many catches he had but he had to have had the most he had to have had the most had to have i know we're on the same page Steve. he had to have he had, had to, to have the most you're right you have an answer hold on i'm writing it down then he would know how many it was <laughs> and look at Basic, who's fucking asking the question basically danny woodhead basically you got what? an answer yeah i got an answer all right so the amount of I'm catches wrong, was 74. I knew it wasn't him. I knew it wasn't him. I didn't say anybody. Oh, okay. I know, but I know it wasn't him because the I guy's name was 74. Uh, the player's <laughs> name was Najee Harris. <laughs> See? What? <laughs> yeah. I knew I was wrong. I put Eckler and I knew we had 70. And I said, somebody definitely had more than 70. All right. Well, Cordero Patterson. Uh... Any Patterson. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, that was a wild guess. You were too confident for guessing him. The oldest running back. What's well, it was it, a Q question, bro. He's fucking. Uh, he's I, always I, there are no, there are no more of those questions. I told you they have been getting uh, less and less bias. Patterson had fifty-two. I wrote Eckler, and I knew I wasn't confident. I knew I was forgetting somebody. Nah, Eckler had seventy, like I wrote. Ball. He got two. Oh, guess? how Eckler. did I not know that he was catching like ten yeah. passes a game? <laughs> all right. Yeah. So now the rest Jarrett's of these had that one game with fourteen catches, and that puts him over the top. The rest of these questions are all multiple choice. So you have one of three or four or five answers you'll see um so the next question here how many weeks straight did jo jonathan taylor have an rb1 finish not finish rb1 but you know he was an rb1 a top 12 uh, finish yes your uh choices are 11 weeks seven weeks 14 weeks or nine weeks all right how many weeks in a row did he have an rb1 finish lock it in i'm guessing me too. In between two, I'm just going to guess as well. I'm locking it in. Everyone locked? I'm locked. It was Uno Uno. Oh, 11 that's my other guess. I was between the two. I was between nine and 11. Bias question. More, Bias question. More RB1 finishes than CMC in 2019 and Gurley in his goat year. I don't know which one that was. A bit more consistent, but not oh, as yeah. poppy. Definitely not as poppy. Caffrey was insane that year. Which one of these are you guys ready? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
which one of these running backs last year led the league in fumbles? The choices are Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon, Antonio Gibson, or Nick Chubb. I think I know who it is. Mm, I'm between two, but I think I know who it is. Dalv, Melv, Chubb, Gibson. I'm not confident in any of these answers. I'm not confident, but I'm writing it because I hate him. I locked my head. It was not Dalv. It was not. That was who I was between. It was not Chubb. Okay. It was not Melvin Gordon. I got it. (laughs) We all got it. I remember him having fumbles. I remember he was was in the doghouse for a little bit. Yeah. McKissick. Scrumptious. All right. Next question. Uh, there's only two more. This one and one more. Um, who had the longest rush of the season last year? Choices are Nick Chubb. Yes, Dave, was Gibby. Sorry. Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, or Jonathan Taylor. Longest rush of the season last year. Repeat the first two. Uh, Nick Chubb and Justin Jackson. Who were the last two? <laughs> uh, Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor. Ah. Uh... Or Travis Homer. I know that this bull had a long ass run. You did not just throw Travis Homer in there. I will give you a hint. Travis Homer did have a very long run last year. But he was not in the top. (laughs) How does that help us? That's not a Peyton Hillis. Y'all have an answer? Yeah. Let's see. I wrote my answer down real quick. I wrote my answer down just because one of these sounded like they weren't like the others. One of them did. JT with an 80. Sick. Matt, it was against you too. Remember the Monday night game when I was down a lot and I had JT and someone else in first drive of the game, first couple plays of the game, he broke one for like 86 and a touchdown. Yeah, I, I should have known it was biased. I should have known, known it was biased, biased too. We should have known. Right when I, I was worried. Jonathan Taylor questions. <laughs> I remember <laughs> Justin Jackson had a long Yeah, he was like so number two. His name. Yeah, I just wrote Justin Jackson because I was like, bro, that name in this group of running backs just sounds so <laughs> off. Like he had and, to have broke one for no reason. And uh, last second, I did change Travis Homer with Eckler. It was Travis Homer I had originally, but uh, I, I literally said two players on the same team. You you still guessed one of them. Just, Justin Jackson and Eckler. Okay, last question here. So, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Which running back that finished number one overall in points scored over the last six years scored the most points? So, out of these six running backs who finished one overall in the last six years, who've had the most points? We have Jonathan Taylor. Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, Gurley, and David Johnson, all the way back in 2016. That's six years. Yep. I hope I I'm right because I wrote it. it. So did I. And I hope that I'm right because if I'm not, I'm going to feel really stupid. I think we, I think I only remember this because I did all the numbers for like that uh, racket episode. So like, been stuck in my head are you all an answer it was christian mccaffrey yes yes, oh, yes. but do you know yeah. who had the least amount matt who did you write i wrote Gurley. jt uh the least yeah, amount. JT, JT. Did have, jt did have the least you didn't yeah. give matt a second whatever matt who did you say Gurley. Gurley's a good guess Gurley was a beast but was McCaffrey so good. is who i wrote like just from doing that like i'm pretty sure he had the second best season ever behind lt's like 31 touchdowns or whatever it was. david johnson had the second most he had 408 cmc had 471 so it's still big ass yeah, yeah. One was <laughs> insane just an insane amount um any questions in the chat 
before we get out of here. Doesn't seem like it. Please, God, pass. no. I got to pee so bad. Thanks for playing along uh, with the trivia. Guess that is a wrap. We did just hit an hour at this point. So it's a wrap for the running back rankings episode. Thanks for dropping by next Monday. We definitely want you here because not only will we be breaking down tight ends, but we will also be airing our live Super Fantasy Bros redraft league draft to see who, if anyone out there, can beat the bros. Um, 12 teams should be a lot of fun. We'll probably be live (laughs) for a few hours, so probably going to have to go off the rails doing an entire episode and then a draft. It'll be a lot of fun. Make sure you are here for that. Uh, if you're still here on Twitch, throw us a follow, turn on notifications so you don't miss us when we're live. Throw us a sub on YouTube as well. All of our content is put there too. Spotify, Apple Music for the audio version. And of course, all social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Look up Super Fantasy Bros. You will find us. Cast said go Pats. Ew. Go Pats. He's fried. But you on got that note, go Pats. Birds. Go birds. See you guys on Monday. Sundays are for the birds. Uh-huh.